Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Chelsea and Sarah here in Colorado. I'm super excited. I'm going to let them talk, uh, explain their background, what they do, where they're at, and further introduce Be Gold in the events. Uh, I've had the blessing of knowing them for a few years now and kind of see this journey around this event unfold, um, really get to see and hear about their why, and it's, it's just been amazing to see how they've taken uh, a dream and a vision and really have brought it to fruition and, and had it grow. Um, it's particularly poignant, I think, because we are, you know, pre-election year and some major things are happening. So they are two of the people that went out there and, and really did something um, to evoke some change versus just talk about it. So without further ado, I'm going to let these two rock stars introduce themselves and talk about a little bit about their background and then we'll talk about the event. All right. Well, first Boom. of all, Teo, thanks for hey. having us and interviewing yes. us. Um, yeah, we've had the privilege of getting to know you the past few years. You've been part of the Women's Empowerment Conference since day year one and really helped stock us with some fabulous speakers and great content yes. and sponsorships. So we're happy to be part of something that you're doing. Yay. Um, my name is Sarah Perfetti. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I started swimming when I was like seven years old and ended up getting a scholarship to swim at Florida International University. So that's where I went to college and got my undergraduate degree. And then soon after I graduated, I wanted to do something service oriented. So I was thinking about the Peace Corps. And instead of doing Peace Corps, I ended up doing AmeriCorps because I didn't have to go abroad for that. And it was a one year commitment. And that kind of opened up what, my what world. Is, not to cut you up, what is the difference between, if you don't know, because I don't even think I know AmeriCorps. What's so the AmeriCorps is a domestic, if you want to think of it simply as a domestic Peace Corps. So Peace Corps, you're abroad for three and a, three years and a quarter, I think. Okay. And so AmeriCorps is a one-year commitment, and you are placed somewhere in the United States. Cool, okay. And so I worked at a nonprofit, like right out of college, as an AmeriCorps member for a year, in Miami and it was a nonprofit that serviced all different types of issues so we trained volunteers to help other organizations essentially Amazing. and I worked in the corporate responsibility department so like fundraising and all of that stuff but it was really it was a ton of fun um, so that like really opened my world into the nonprofit stuff some things happened at the nonprofit that I was working in and in fact it dissolved a few years after I left there there were a lot of issues so I went to grad school to figure out how to manage a successful nonprofit, so something that you care about. So I ended up going to grad school at Indiana University School, SPIA, um, School of Public and Environmental Affairs. And after I finished that, um, during grad school, I came out as a lesbian. So I was 25 years old, and it was really like a new, whole new world for me. I didn't know there were other queer people. I felt like I was the only one. All my friends were straight. Um, and I really w had like a really devastating time coming out. 
but for like no reason, not compared to other people. Like my family was super supportive. I was lucky enough to have a younger brother who came out the year before me. And oh, even with that. that, like with all of that, it was still extremely hard for me. And so after that, I started getting really involved with LGBTQ stuff because of that. And I thought, wow, I'm like a privileged white girl from a middle class family with a very accepting family and also a gay brother who came out before me. And I'm still having like all of these problems. So I really wanted to start an organization that can make things easier for other people and also bring awareness to those people for people who are possible allies and supporters of the queer community. So with that, I found, um, founded, co-founded an organization called Bloomington Pride in Bloomington, Indiana, which is where Chelsea and I live, and ran and a when, nonprofit. When, when did you start this? What year was that? Oh, man, years are hard for me. Um, I volunteered for it first, so the, it's a longer story, but essentially it had been going on almost 10 years as an LGBTQ film festival. Got it, okay. And the person who was running the film festival, when she planned it, she really didn't want it to be like a long-term commitment. She kind of wanted to start it and then leave it and then have volunteers run it. But what happens a lot of times is people like to be a part of it, but they don't want to run it. And so yeah. volunteers never took over, and she got stuck doing it, but it was so important to the community that she continued to do it year after year. I started volunteering for it. I had no background in the arts or film at all, other than a consumer of film. And so um, I started volunteering and helping with fundraising stuff and also screening some of the LGBTQ films that made it into the festival, and I really loved it. And so... I sat down with the founder of it one day and I was like, hey, if there's a day like in the future that you want to be done with this, because everyone knew that she was ready to be done with it. It was like a very open thing. Nobody wanted to take over. And so I was like, Danielle, like if you want to be done with this one day, I would be more than happy to like run this organization for you. And I think more than a film festival, there could be a lot more services that this organization will do. And so she was like, it was October. It was like early October. The festival was in late January, and she was like, late January, the keys are yours, it's 100% yours, I am so done with this. Wow. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to use all my grad school stuff, got out my books, talked to my professors, ended up starting this nonprofit with very, very little, any kind of experience in anything like that. Best and way to go. <laughs> it was tons of fun. It was such a learning curve in a million ways, but we kept the film festival that had been going on. Was it so profitable? Yeah. I mean, I know oh, you're that was a very heart, but, okay. like profitable for itself, but not profitable sure. for me. Like yeah. to have like a full staff, it wasn't. It's still not there. It still right. exists, even though I don't run it. And so we kept the film festival, which was like kind of the uh, the core of what the organization was, because it had a following. And they actually we got like three thousand dollars of seed money to start out with, so wow. there was a little bit. Okay. And there were already lots of sponsors built into it. Um, so they came on board when I took over it, and we founded a board. It was my ex and I founded the organization. Then we added on a um, LGBTQ youth group for kids ages 12 to 21. Awesome. And they did a lot more educational stuff and advocacy stuff. Um, they'd volunteer at homeless shelters like that had issues with trans populations yeah. and queer people who were getting assaulted, so they helped, like, do the change in some of those. Like, our kids were way more amazing than any of the, do the adults. They really, like, pushed things forward. And then we also did, like, kind of a music festival to our <coughs> like, uh, summer hey, fest. 
That's true. Um, you know, the reason I asked when it was because I was just trying to get frame of reference because, I mean, so much has changed around, yeah. you know, LGBTQ and our awareness in the past 10 years. I was just wondering how forward thinking was that, you know, for 10 years ago versus like right now? Yeah. So I graduated from grad school in 2011 and started volunteering right then. But okay. I didn't take it over. It was January, end of January 2013. Okay, yeah. so not that. I mean, that's still a good chunk of time. I think a lot has yeah. changed even since then. But it was before same-sex marriage, before okay. uh, don't ask, don't tell. Um, oh, that's so crazy a lot to of think now. It's like, that's yeah, like it's crazy. And so that was kind of like the beginning of me being really um, diving into social justice stuff. Like I already cared about nonprofit things, but the social justice <laughs> <You're> stuff. <cutest. laughs> I gotta start videoing these because like the little idiosyncrasies like you get to know the people I'm interviewing so much better it's wonderful they're like little monkeys over here like <laughs> cleaning each other up anyways yeah, it's adorable <laughs> um but no it's so it's yeah. it's funny to and I want you to keep going but it's so funny I think when you look back now that as you get older uh insert air quotes um to look at how your path even even when you're intentional and you're going to school and you have all these like intentions yeah. and plans like how much your world, your life, your personality, your preferences play into like your long-term game. And we're not anywhere into like the long game yet, but I don't know when you look back, I think it makes so much sense that you now have an event called Be Golden and it's around, you know, being authentically unapologetically yourself because these are all steps you've been doing now for, yeah. you know, 15, almost my, 20. Most like, of my adult life. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So anyways, that was my little piece, but carry on. Yeah, so like those are the things that we'll get into the conference in yeah. a little bit, but like the things that I care the most about are social justice issues and health and wellness. Those are the kind of things that like I bring and push for the conference. Love. And so, yeah, we could get into how we started the conference, but yeah, so after after that, I ended doing that nonprofit. It grew and it's still going on. It's still happening in Bloomington with the same three programs, the festival, the film festival, the music festival, and the youth group, and they've grown. And then um, Chelsea and I started Be Golden. The, I, I had my last film festival with Bloomington Pride in 2017, and we had already been talking about how to start Be Golden, yeah. and we started that um, in October 2017. So there was just a few months after that. Wow. That's, and, and just for anyone, because I didn't know this about Bloomington until I had met them, um, and I'm not – super politically savvy something i'm leaning into for this year and i've talked a little bit about this on social media and some other casts but it's kind of overwhelming to dive into that space however um bloomington is correct my mom traditionally a pretty red state indiana is indiana is indiana yeah. is pretty red state bloomington itself is you know college town super forward thinking yeah. um i was fortunate to go to the past two be goldens hopefully the third um the town is unbelievable like it reminded me a lot of boulder um just super open super liberal super you know just free-flowing and warm friendly community super fun bars um and so it was just kind of it's funny that they're in this spot this pocket of the country that isn't that is a yeah. certain way on the map but then bloomington happens to be like this little pocket where you know they're making a lot of noise but it's it's kind of just like the wild child i yeah. want to say of indiana which is totally cool. is which is one of the reasons we yeah. wanted to start it yeah. yeah yeah and bloomington interestingly i think there's two statistics, and I don't know if they're still 100% right on today, but this was back when I was in grad school. For LGBTQ, house, LGBTQ households per capita in Bloomington, it was one of like the top 10 cities in the entire United States per capita for LGBTQ households. Really? So we have a lot of gay How people come? in Bloomington. I don't know. Do you think it's maybe it's just like the one accepting spot in surrounding areas, or is it just I the town so. vibe? Yeah, I think it attracts a lot of Midwestern folks who maybe um, – 
don't fare well in more rural places and okay. it being a college town and a progressive college town at that like I think that helps uh foster that environment but I really I really don't know because like, I'm always that curious is. is how because it's so like like in nature you see like certain packs go to certain I mean it's just how nature and animals yeah. are and I think humans are kind of, I mean, you obviously go to what you're attracted to and what fits, like, your world. Um, but it's interesting to me, like, you look at it geographically where there's certain spots on the map that have attracted certain communities where you, I mean, it's like you're in the middle of, like, a cornfield and how does this spawn yeah, up? Like, like it's, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so, it's fascinating to me because you're kind of like, how'd that happen? But it just kind of did in an awesome place. Yeah, it's a really cool place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the other statistic was <laughs> uh, the, the LGBTQ. Sarah's gonna have all of our stats. Chelsea and I are just gonna have like fun facts <laughs> around like tequila and whatnot. Oh, we forgot the other one. I know, and I made pretty strong drinks. Mine's going down very smooth. Chelsea already killed her, so we're gonna have to lock and load. All yeah, the these are my girls up. right here. I love. Oh, well, you're doing the talk right now. You'll have yeah. time to catch up. I can't think of the other one, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember my other statistic. Jeez. There, have a few more sips, and I, I'm seriously like. I, Tequila so helps me, like, connect dots, yeah. <laughs> so, Chelsea, tell us tell us about your, your life, your background. Where are you at? Uh, well, hello. I'm Hi my, name is, my name is uh, <laughs> Chelsea Sanders. I actually am from a small town in Indiana, southern Indiana, actually. And oh, I didn't know you were a native, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Both my parents. Go, girl. Yeah, we're Hoosiers. Go, Hoosiers. girl. Hoosiers for life. <laughs> still, still there. Um, so, I guess, starting off my background, when I was – as a kid, I was, like, really involved in um, sports, and I was a very social child, I guess you could say. Um, if my parents would answer that, they'd probably say I was pretty um, hyper as a kid. And like your pups? Yeah. Like, my <laughs> I have own two geishas, so that, that could probably, if you could just put that as my, like, bio for pictures, that would make sense. Um, so, yeah, I was um, kind of growing up small Indiana town, really um, had had good parents and um was fortunate enough to they put they pushed me into sports and they were really supportive of um what I did and kind of got into high school and I really had like I I guess as I'm getting older I I was always I made like good grades but I had it was hard for me to like communicate I think I could always for some reason every human I think though yeah said every (laughs) human so anyways um for me I think what really got me when I was in high school I really got into art and it just kind of like my whole like world I was like this how can I how can I live my life through this like vehicle um which I really didn't understand too much about but I went to school uh at Illinois State University and um, I also swam so that's um that was like a a main connection for um Sarah and I I swam at Illinois State University um for for my my full time I was there did you guys compete against each other no. no. Is that a dumb question? We were in different towns. Yeah. Oh, my God. That no. That's crazy. Yeah. I was in northwest Indiana. And yeah, southern. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's massively different. Yeah. It's okay. Like maybe so six not Indiana hour, familiar. Six-hour driving distance. Oh, yeah. okay. That's not that. Okay. I mean, that's far. But nothing. Yes. We may have crossed paths. Maybe. But she didn't. She started swimming later. Yeah. I was the yeah, universe was like not yet. Yeah. Still. I started. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like did like country club stuff in the summer, but um, my sister was all she's older than me, and I was dead set on not doing anything that my sister did. So she swam oh, too. So I, I pushed it as hard as I could until uh, I got to high school. My dad was like, I had a rule. He's like, you're either gonna do sport, or you're gonna have to get a job. 
so <laughs> the I job did probably would have been easier. I'd yeah, a small town. There was like, like Bitch, Druthers, <laughs> which is like the old school version of like Dairy Queen and like a oh, yeah. Kmart that went out of business. Like not <laughs> happening. Humble beginnings. Those are instrumental <laughs> for future success. Yeah. I, w- I did an ice cream shop job. So yep. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I went to went to school and um, also I got an uh, art scholarship too. So trying to like do athletics and um, art was super challenging um, because they're both there's a lot of time commitment Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways I I got to that uh, got through college and um, I ended up ended up getting my first um, I guess you could say big girl job um, at Indiana University so I right out of college um, I was applying for like different jobs I worked for a little bit in um, my home my hometown um, but then ended up I was became an art director at uh, at Indian University. I was like 23, and I was wow. it was a it was a pretty big big time job to yeah. get. Um, I I totally overdid it on the interview probably, but anyways, that's what brought me. I think it works. Whatever you yep. did, I, I think you overdid it, dude. Yeah, I definitely you highlighted the ice cream shop. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a podcast name. <laughs> anyways, um, so yeah, it, it worked for Indian University, um, and then but on the side when I um, got out of high school, I was doing some freelance work, and I started. Um, a company called Blue Line, and I would say we us them, and it was totally just me. I was just trying to like hype up this big business. <laughs> I still do that with Caroline. So yeah, like it's all of us contractors. Yep. <laughs> so I started that also the same time I got this job. So it was totally like a side um, side small company, and I considered a company when I like established as an LLC. So that was also I th- I think at twenty three ish. I can't. I'm I'm not good as as good as on stats and numbers. But anyways, worked for uh, Indiana University for three years I was in charge of it was a program or like a division called auxiliary services and programs it's basically whatever was in a department um that made like the the university run like the auditorium um like all the residents like real estate the transportation so all of that like that makes like a university run okay. um I did a lot of the marketing developed a lot of new websites um I also think what got me the job was I was a photographer so that was like my kind of passion through uh b- beyond painting through um art so they were like oh well we'll get a photographer as well so anyways um worked there and then by the time i was making um i was i told i was gonna resign the time i was making more on the side as my salary um and so i i did that i was like hey just i'm gonna resign told my family um told my my, my close people everyone was like don't do it you have insurance and i was like dream haters right and I said, so every every time anybody would like, <laughs> the more people that are telling me like to do something, they're telling me what to do, then I would like shift in and be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this if you're all telling me to do that, I definitely need to, to change that. So, anyways, this is why um, we're friends. On so, all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so then I started doing Blue Line full time. So Blue Line is a creative agency, and um, it focuses on, on video, kind of like branded film, commercial film, photography, and and brands. So, um, long story short, started that. I've been it's 15 years now, so I'm 36. Um, yeah, I've got a full time staff, and um, we're we've been doing a lot of like great things recently. We've had some films that um, have just recently got picked out by like uh, Big Sky and what? Adventure Film Fest. Yeah, so I mean, a lot just of fully <laughs> brag right now because this is actually a really big deal. And before we get into the conference, like this is. A major, I mean, Blue Line is awesome. You just told me you're at 15 employees. Um, this is solely your company, right? Uh, it was solely my company. And then um, I, we, before um, we, I 
decided to bring on video. It was just okay. like branding, websites, photography, because that's what was my specialty. Um, and then um, my business partner now, his name's Kevin Weaver. We teamed up about five years ago, but he okay. was an intern with me about like 10 years ago. It makes me feel really old. We're only like three years apart. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we, so video is like, was a vehicle for storytelling for sure for brands. Cute, cute. So pulled that into, um, I'm an art major, so that was like definitely a good dollar business decision. Shout out for my dad if he ever listens to this. So um, brought that in and then, um, yeah, we, so we partnered. Okay. Um, I will say it is majority owned women. Yeah, well, women founded. The yeah. thing is, I think, you know, as a business owner, and I say this to my mom all the time, we started a swim school. You, you know, you get in business and you realize, oh, it's successful making money. 80% is, 80%, I don't know the exact stat, Sarah can probably correct me, um, on what it is, of startup businesses fail. So it is such a big deal to be in the game for five years, let alone 10, let alone 15, and you really Mm -hmm. gotta pull back and be like, damn, that's a gold star. Like, it's a big deal. And if you think back to when you were a kid and you you didn't, I mean, I didn't know anything. Like, if I knew what I knew now, I'm glad I didn't know, because I would've been like, do something else, which is crazy. I think that's also the thing is, is like, you get so like, in it, like I was like the, the doer, and then there's like the business and then now you're like a business. So it's like you really wear the business hat. So yeah. it's like really to see that. And I've seen a lot of stats, as especially um, especially like coming out lately for other women business owners, like how many are there are. And it's like it's not a lot. Um, anyways, so just kind of like getting to that. So I'm still doing that. And then along the signs, I have like I'm like definitely doing this book. Um, for if you own a small business, it's called Traction, and um, it's basically like finding your spot because I could be the photographer, I could be the brand yeah. leader, I could be the creative director, but finding myself as the owner, I'm like definitely a, a visionary. Um, so I have 10,000 ideas a day, as Sarah. She's wonderfully creative, oh. which um, is awesome. Like, that's a huge creative. piece of who yeah. you are. So She's an idea machine. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. And so a few of the things that I, I'm really prideful in, I, uh, I run an art gallery. It'll be its 10th year coming um, up. It's called Untitled Light. So it's basically to support local artists um, or have any like, kind of homage to Indiana artistry. Um, so been doing that for about 10 years. It's kind of uh, a nod to my fine arts degree. Um, then I've, uh, I used to run a film festival called Middle Coast Film Festival. That was probably one of my um, one of my it was one of my hardest learning times about nonprofits that still mm-hmm. sometimes makes me like cringe when you think about all the stuff that goes with nonprofits. I have a lot of respect for it. So we, I did that for four years. Uh, it's actually this fifth year. The co-founder um, we moved it up to Chicago. So I kind of bowed out of that. Um, and then during that process is about the time that Sarah and I started talking about Be Golden, this women's empower- empowerment event. Um, so we did that. And Wait, how did you guys initially, not interrupt your flow, but how did you guys initially cross paths? Through, I was a sponsor. So Blue Line, um, even okay. before I met Blue Line, I knew Danielle. Um, Do I know Danielle? Who ran Danielle. So she pri- film festival before yeah, she's I oh, took it over. Oh, okay. okay so okay. the woman who I met with was like, take it. You're going to have three months. But I never met her like being in Indiana. She's the no, director no, of the theater that we have. The, oh, know, mm-hmm. that theater yeah. is yeah. She's been wonderful. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. a historic theater. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I've just been running it since. I don't know, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. Okay. So I met, um, so, so Blue Line, when I, when I uh, we were a sponsor for Pride, for the Pride, Pride Festival, Film Festival, Film Festival, and I knew Danielle, and so we, we got asked to do, I did, like, photos for the after party, we did, like, the kissing booth, it was, like, more of, like, we were, yeah. we were involved in the party, 
Again, this is why we're friends. And That's then, the reason um, we're sitting here. So through that, like, we were sponsors for probably, like, seven to eight years. I think one year I forgot. It was, like, last minute. I forgot, oh, I forgot to sponsor Pride that one year. And then I had reached out to Pride. Uh, it was, like, literally two weeks before. And I was like, hey, Blue Line wants to sponsor again. Can we be part of the after party? And then, um, then Sarah had emailed back. Or something that that's why I met her through sponsoring Pride, and then okay, um, we knew each other for like two two ish years professionally, and then um, that that one time we really met for like drinks about going over sponsorship packets and stuff, and then I found out she was a swimmer, so then we oh. started swimming together. Oh yeah, okay, and I realized like yeah, she yeah. was like yeah. a, like a badass, and um, well, she was a triathlete, and then I started getting into triathlon. Okay, and the year that Chelsea didn't do performance Pride. I did that one and I won it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all yeah, bitch, because I didn't show up. And we had and our I meeting saw it pop scheduled. Up and I was like, oh, she's like, kind of legit. Like the race was like Saturday. The race yes. was Saturday and our meeting was like a Wednesday. It was a few days later. Okay. And we were meeting to talk about sponsorship. And she was like, I guess we looked each other up right before the meeting and I didn't know like who I didn't she know was. Who you were. Okay. Yeah. I usually do meetings I, we, like that, actually, where I don't research anyone. Yeah. Like, I'll like, let them know a little. Yeah, like, quick, quick, quick. Well, because, I mean, I, I do yeah. so much, like, influencer. You know, things yeah. are painted a certain way. I love to get the version of humans fresh the way they are in front of me. So, like, I have no bias either way. Because even if yeah. you say you're unbiased, you never really are. So, I, like, I try never to know. So, it's kind of good, even if you do a little quick search, to not know and just let it be what it is. And I had heard her name because we were trying to get you on the Pride board. Because we wanted somebody who had like marketing and branding. God, universe was crossing all over the place. Yeah. For so you. I had a yeah. cu- an artist on our board who would put. He usually was in charge of the decorations and flow and um, the Keith after Roman. party. Yeah, okay. and then Keith kept pushing like Chelsea Sanders. We should get her on the board. So you had okay. reached out to me. We met in person after I did that race. And then she was like, oh, so you did the Columbus <laughs> try. Yeah. She's like, I normally I love my it, competitive but I didn't emails. do it that year. Yeah, girl. <laughs> like, You're like, yeah, just like, that's what I you want. Like, I wasn't there. Like, you know, it was like, this person's like super awesome, but like, I'm going to keep you on my radar because you're like now competition. <laughs> yeah. And then I never, was never F with an athlete. Like it's, it okay. never yeah. goes away. Oh, you're it always, never goes away. always competitive. Hundreds. Yeah. I gave a thousand stories about that. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. You got to keep it in check, but it's good. <laughs> and at that point, I was just getting back into like more swimming, and so I was training for that uh, Key West race, and I was looking for a training buddy. And I had a lot of like hard time finding somebody who was cool, yeah. not just somebody who like can push me, yeah. but who's somebody who would also like to get a beer with after training. Yeah. I'm not that serious of a trainer. And so she was like, oh, yeah, I swam D1 swimming at college. I was like, oh, my God, me too. And I'm looking for this swimmer. Yeah. So we both connected through that. And it took us, like, maybe. I also maybe thought I was going to move to Key West. So it was, like, also right before. Yeah, she loves Key West. All of my fr- I had a bunch of friends from uh, high school move to Key West. I was going down to Key West all the time. Oh, I was literally I've never been. It sounds in Key West. And I, like, I picked up the phone. I was a little tipsy watching a sunset. <laughs> and they were like, oh, hi, this is IU. Do you want to? Do you want to get the art director's position? And I was literally a week away from where, like, I'm just going to, like, move to Key West. Whoa. I'm like, fine. Oh, wow. So then okay. she said Key West, and I was like, oh, cool. You're cooler than – Oh, my god. And I was trying to get her to do this race. So I was like, let's train together and do this race and push each other. Oh, so no. we started swimming together, like, that fall and throughout the winter. Okay. And then got to be good friends. And then that's where Be Golden comes in. Yeah, so, then so we were – because I was – that was when I was um, – I didn't know. I was just basically doing, like, by the way, I was also, like, marketing director for the Galley Walk. I was, like, doing yeah. like, 10 things involved with the community. And I knew that I wanted to really do something um, 
different, but I also wanted to, I wanted to do some, an event that was inspired by South by Southwest. That's when I yeah. was, the first time I went down there, I was like, oh, this is what a creative agency does, and this and that. So we had started to talk, and yeah, I was like, let's see what is this thing, and, see, and then you were like, yeah, sure. And so, and it was, and it didn't conflict with anything with Tide, so we just started uh, to get working together. Yeah, and it happened during the last presidential election, so a lot of yeah. oh, crap okay. was going on. Wait, so you, because when, when I met you before the first one, like, was it six months before? Like, yeah, I don't feel probably. like there was that much lead time. It was like this time of the year. It was so summer. Did you guys give yourself a year to put it together? We had a little eight under months. a year, yeah. Okay, seven which or is eight pretty months. quick. Yeah, it was very quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I do and so, quick. so it was the two of us and another person, Kate Keith, who's yeah. no longer involved, but the three of us all had different reasons to, like, come together, mm-hmm. and we were sitting down and, like, we were like, we want to really, we had a lot of fun together. So we were like, you know, we all like vibe really well and we could do something good. And so with all of our different backgrounds, we were like, we should start something. Like everything that's happening politically, especially towards women or against women or whatever, because Trump at that point was like one of the front runners. And this was way before, before Me Too and way before like oh, yeah. y'all, like, yep. before, I hate to say before it became cool, but like before it was like really a hot topic and a hashtag. Yeah, before this people was really talked about those and, things yeah. and i think kind of going off is like because because i we all became like friends like new friends together but we're all like very different yeah and i think that's like really what inspired um like the topics and the tracks um the tracks that we had is because we all we all helped each other in a certain way like sarah we had a lot of personal stuff going on yeah, yeah. sarah helped like helped helped me in certain ways kate helped me in certain ways i helped kate and like sarah and like it was all just like we're all like these women coming together we have all way different backgrounds like we obviously have sports and stuff but we came together to be like we want to find change in ourselves yeah and how can we have these new conversations together and then also i think our uh, this like kind of all new friendship we had some other there's other like women involved that kind of like inspired some of those topics but how can we it was just like something like inside of you just like bursting like there's such like there's there's such great things going on how can we get other people to do this and how can we pull this together yeah and i think that's i think that's what also was a lot of the motivation behind um well just to jump in as an outside viewer because i kind of i'm fortunate to see you know i love seeing the journey of things and things coming together and grow and you see three kind of powerful humans come together with an idea and i know the agenda was never to like make a million dollars or whatever it's just Mm -hmm. we got something to say so we'll say it um, but as different as you guys are, like you are, all three of you are so similar. Like your heart's similar, mm-hmm. your motivation's similar. Like you live your lives differently. You have different yeah. things. Like you are different, but not really. Like the baseline, the concrete, the foundation layer, I feel like mm-hmm. is similar in all three of you. And I know Kate's yeah. not in the mix anymore, but like knowing just what I've seen of her and what I, my exposure, like I actually think you guys are at core values very similar. Oh, like yeah. it makes complete sense yeah. on we why totally it would. works. Yeah. Yeah. We all had sl- a certain platform that we were mo- more focused on than the others, but yeah. we all like had like a foundation similar. Yeah. Like a similar foundation in what we wanted to do. And so I think it, that's really what it was like gender equity. Yeah. We all had yeah. reasons for why we wanted gender equity. We're not saying that women should be better than men right. or that you know, men are bad people or not bad mouthing people. We're just saying equity, Equal equity in equity, pay, yeah. equity in recognition, equity in the household, equity in every way, every yeah. way that that gender can be equal. Yeah. And something that we do have, you know, trouble with with Golden is recognizing that you know it's not just on the binary, not just men and women, but there are non-binary people, there are trans people, 
and there are people who don't talk really not fit. to interrupt you but you talk really quick about what is binary non-binary because yeah sometimes it's just used it's never fully explained and then you can get into like certain conversations like people are very privy to the yeah. landscape you know, and, and some aren't they're new to it and I, I really want this to be a platform where like you can understand you can't understand but we're learning all the time so can you talk a little bit about what yeah. oh, what so those terms mean literally but then also what they mean to you yeah so binary just in general is like two contrasting things so you think of black white yes right. no in out like simple things that are the opposite of each other so when you're talking about gender binary you're talking mm-hmm. about two opposite genders right and so generally people will think of gender as you're male or you're female and that's the that's the binary of that and so they're blowing up they're busy y'all and so um <laughs> With gender binary, traditionally people think of gender as, will get confused that gender and sex are the same thing. Yes. So sex, biological sex, is different than gender. Gender is a social construct. Gender is what, you know, society imposes on somebody. So Mm -hmm. I'm born with a vagina. The doctors in my family are going to call me female. And generally, majority of the human population follows that path of I was born with this and I'm living this life and I fit into all these boxes perfectly and everything's okay but not everybody fits into that binary and so now more people who don't identify as either male nor female or do identify as one or the other but fluctuate on that maybe one day they feel more masculine and then another day they feel more feminine and they identify that way and it's more than just your physical appearance. That's a whole other thing. But it's like who you are inside as mm-hmm. a human being. And so with, yeah, with gender binary and with the conference being something that we call a women's empowerment conference, we are a home and we want to be a home to people who don't identify as necessarily as women. Mm-hmm. And so trans women, people who are born male and identify female, whether they physically look that or not, they say they are, so they are. Mm -hmm. If you say you're a woman, then to me, you're a woman. And so we're going to recognize you as that. Or maybe you were born female, but you don't really identify with, you know, a lot of feminine things. Mm -hmm. And so you're somewhere in the middle of that. This is a conference for anybody. This is a conference for men who want to support gender equity. So we call it a women's empowerment conference, I feel like, because mainstream, we don't, we lack the vocabulary to really catch all the things that we are, but we're a conference for everybody with the ultimate goal being gender equity in business, in health, in the house, in the home and everything else. And I will say, and we kind of, we kind of jumped right into the intro of Eagle, and so <laughs> I want you guys to really talk about fully what it is, and she, Sarah, just kind of gave the heart and mission of it. Um, I think what's so wonderfully done is it is tough in this day and age. And I grew up with three brothers where I'm to my core a feminist, but absolutely, I guess you could say a misogynist where I support, you know, our young men and their emotions and their journeys. And I I think there's conversation around that as we swing so far to, you know, the right, if you will, if it's women and left to the, like we're so far on one side now, now it's caught on, you know, with TV and campaigning and PR and whatnot. Um, that I think there's conversation there, but I think you guys have done such a great space where it is, I think even labeling it women's empowerment, kind of you get this, oh, it's all women. It, you guys have made it where it's, it's welcoming, I think, and useful and easy for men and women or however you identify to be there. And it's all really positive. It's all uh, 
very woke, <laughs> for lack of a better term, of what's going on, and you can learn at a time. But it's really not. I want to. I don't know. I've been to so many conferences, and at points you can feel like, well, shit, I'm doing the wrong thing, or I'm I'm late to the game, or you yeah. kind of feel bashed a little bit, and then you kind of get into that space like I should have been, you know more privy to the game i do think there's moments where it's like you need to wake up and like th- we're gonna be real with stuff like there's a harsh reality yeah. but i think you guys do a really good job of mm-hmm. cultivating conversation and welcoming everybody to the table regardless of where you're coming in you know straight gay man women but whatever it is everyone's kind of coming in and i think everybody what's kind of cool the similarity piece is we all kind of don't know something. So if we're super yeah. good on one side, we don't know the other. Like if mm-hmm. we're super good at marketing, then I don't know swimming races or, you know, putting on a surface level. Like it's a good space for like really, again, different people. But again, we all kind of have that similar heart space. And I think that literally unintentionally came from the three of you where it's, again, similar grounding, different humans, different views. But we, that similarity was so strong. It kind of overshines yeah. the differences. Not to sound too cliche. I think oh. I think that's I think that's like also like one of the things that um, kind of keeps keeps it like that. So like yeah. you said, we like to be like, you know, you can go to like one of the workshops that is going to talk about you know, like 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 race and like yeah. the conversations that like surround that, uh, or another one that you're going to go to and it's like you know I'm a I'm a small business owner but I don't know how to have the conversations to like take it to the next level. So I think. I think like that's a balance in that because because right like you can't have like one without the other. It's mm-hmm. like for me to have like a good business and to like keep it like sustainable and like to have it's it all creates like one conversation. I feel yeah. with like what we're trying to do with be golden to like to be a like a business owner like you can you can have these like we have like the five tracks so it's marketing and branding, entrepreneurship, health and wellness, health and wellness leadership, leadership <laughs> and social impact. Social impact. All right. Um, it's so good th- tequila, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So, <laughs> so I think like that's that's one thing because I wouldn't I wouldn't be because my I, like I would say you said you like social like leadership and like social impact. I, I like I would want to go to all those like brand workshops and things that like because that's what I do. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm kind of like into like of course health and wellness, but if I don't go to any of the um, like social impact, like what, like what's going on with the world? Like how can I push my business forward? Yeah. And 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 vice versa. Like I think it's that's what we're we're trying to. And like we're only in year three, so we're still trying to like discover where we're where we're pointed. But that's the thing is sometimes like you know, like have this one niche or not. But yeah. we're we're pretty we're pretty steadfast that you have to have all these things because it's like makes you a well-rounded human if you have these bits of things in everyday life and I think that's like Mm -hmm. the blend of what's going on because um you know that's that's what we want people to have because like if I if I went to all the branding and work brand workshops I'm only doing the same things that I that I do every day well it's like training like you you train all the stuff you're good at versus the stuff you're bad at but and that's honestly where turmeric and tequila came from because I mean back in the day it's not that old but i guess we're getting up there you know it was kind of like you are you're an athlete you're this like you i kind of identify with these core things and it's like well wait wait wait. well you're really good at sports what's your diet do you not drink alcohol do you sleep on time do you do all this and i'm like bitch no like what (laughs) like i that's not me at all and and the more you get to know people you're like oh they do all the things and that's every human i just don't think society up until this point has been like well, if you're an athlete, I mean, Michael Phelps got busted smoking weed and partying because and he was a 25-year-old kid or human. even younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, as yeah. a human, you wear all these different hats. And again, in a kind of a divided society, if we can pull back to see all the way we are so similar, like there's 
yes, an athlete that trains, yes, a person that parties, yes, a person that does events, yes, a person that loves to paint and be creative. Like we have, we're so multifaceted as humans to, to understand that you can be all those things and still be an athlete or a woman or whatever. Um, as simple and as cliche as it sounds, it's still kind of a concept we're all grasping to, to, to fully digest and understand that, no, I know as marketing professionals, you know, we kind of put out these messages, but you can be all things. And even though it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, it makes perfect sense. And with that, you know, varied background or abilities or likes or whatever, those are our commonalities with other human beings. So we're going way cliche here. However, <laughs> um, going back to the conference, I, I, I just think it's amazing that it's, again, bringing and welcoming so many different people. But again, you get there and you get around the people and there's such a commonality mm-hmm. um, on the base level with everybody that attends. Um, so tell everyone when it's coming up, how you get tickets, what we're, we're excited about this year, any announcements or anything else around the event that you specifically want to talk about and share. Because we're glossing over a lot. This is a really, I mean, it's a pretty, it's taken some time. It's come from really great heart space. Um, there's a lot, you know, that we can't necessarily cover, but any other main points you want to highlight? Yeah. Go ahead. So in sum, the Be Golden Women's Empowerment Conference is in Bloomington. Uh, modeled after South by Southwest, so it's not in one location. It's all over the downtown area. Mm-hmm. So people not from the city get to know the city because you're tramping around the different events. Um, Which was I, I, not being from there, not to remind me, but go, like, going on my, like, uh, map it on my Google Maps. It was, like, kind of roundabout, and I'm like, shit, it's right next to where I was just standing. Yeah. So it's, it's like, all relatively close, yeah, but it's, it's all very it's awesome. walkable. Yeah. Yeah. And for people who have mobility issues, there are ride shares all over, but nothing is more than five blocks apart from the other, like five city blocks. And so it's October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. The 4th and 5th are really the conference-heavy days. Uh, the 3rd is just a kickoff party with a panel. And so it's kind of a welcome to everybody who, speakers who are into town, sponsors who've given a dollar or product to support Be Golden. And then we have that event Thursday night, and then Friday and Saturday are pretty mirrors of each other. They start in the morning with a workout, so people who are fitness, um, into the fitness world, don't have to miss out on their exercise just because they're coming on an, to an event out of town. So we have exercise. Year one, sorry I'm interrupting you, but year one they did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we partied all night to like Whitney Houston, which was my obviously dream. Yep, and then we had like a workout at like 5.30 in the morning yeah. or something so extra. I was like, yo, ladies, that this was, is. We mixed that Dude, up. thank God. It was so, I mean, we still got it. We got it done, but it was, it was a lot. So we have we didn't some think diversity about, moves happening. Yeah, we didn't think about Bloomington <laughs> is on Eastern time. And we had people coming from Pacific oh, time and right. mountain yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the time difference. A 7 a.m. workout for us, which is fine, is a 4 a.m. workout for people coming from the further western time zone. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, like, worked on that. But we stayed out till, I think, 2 a.m. at least the first night, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. And then we were up at, like, 5 <laughs> Yeah, it was real. But, you know, you, you've lived there. Honestly, I kind of like just the rock star status of it. It's like, didn't I see you five <laughs> hours ago? Yeah, let's work out. Let's sweat this to yeah, Let's out. do okay. it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so to add add to that, we have um, after parties each night, or we have a party embedded each night. And we don't call it networking because, especially introverted folks, when you hear networking, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to have to talk about my business in front of all these (laughs) people I don't know. We're all extroverts here. That's not hard for us. But for the people who are not as comfortable being in like a big social setting, we've created these events that are more like parties. So it doesn't feel like you're forced to talk about, you know, what you're there for, but it'll Mm -hmm. happen. You know, so maybe you've been at the conference sessions throughout the whole day, 
you've met a couple people, you've made friends, maybe not, and then you come to the event at night, and it's yeah. kind of like, okay, here's a couple hours of, there's an activity going on, there's some drinks here, if you Know drink, you can, you don't yeah. have to, and then there's like an opportunity to get to connect in like a really laid back, informal, fun way. Right. And then if you're extra, like we tend to be, you can <laughs> hey. have a few drinks and go out and we have a lot of fun and then we wake up the next morning and do it all again. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Like there's an opportunity for people to really connect with each other. And I think that's the magic sauce of what Be Golden is, is not necessarily the sessions themselves, yeah. um, but what people, the connections that people get from the sessions between mm -hmm. speakers and each other, between speakers and attendees and between mm -hmm. attendees. Like when we hear about later after the fact of the conference that, you know, one person met with another person and interviewed them on a podcast or had them be part of their film, like that stuff happens. And it's like all those connections that come as a result of people just coming for a three day event and meeting yeah. and then connecting and making themselves better, making their business better, like beyond that. I think that's what really makes us excited about Be Golden is just all of that. And I think a few other a few other things that are just come from kind of like little like Easter eggs about is we always do um, we have like interactive art so we always will do like a featured artist um, that we bring in for um, the so th that's also we plan it during um, the gallery walk that's local we have a an art show that's usually going on it's an interactive piece this year we're also uh, premiering um, some films so we did a little hint of that last year so we'll have some film screenings. Um, and I think, and also another thing that's going on is we've partnered up with the Midway Music, uh, Midway Music Festival. And so that during it's, we're going to, we're sharing some venues and stuff, but that's all day on Saturday, which is the fifth. It'll be, um, it's all female, um, bands and musicians festival that goes on from like during the day until the evening. So if you want to like catch some other things going on, we're doing some cross promotion for ticket sales that way and you can find um more of our information on begoldenstaygolden.com so tickets are on sale um we did have our early nerd just finished so if this like premieres in the next whatever two months um so tickets will be on sale but we will be doing a labor day uh flash special just to let you know awesome yep. any announcements or anything new you guys want to put out there yet i know you announced your headliner yeah, our um. keynote speaker is Sonia Renee Taylor. She's an yeah. author, spoken word. Um, she talks a lot about like the identities that she encompasses. Like she's a woman of a woman of color. She is an artist. She is um, also LGBTQ, and she has a disability. So she has a very strong, positive message about the world. Like we know that we can get inundated with all ne the negativity of what's going on surrounding elections and other things and yeah. mass shootings and there's a lot of heavy things that um, we're dealing with as humans in this society. Um, Sonia does a fantastic job of recognizing that and then pushing things forward and her message that she's going to be sharing with on the stage at Be Golden is sur similar to what her book is about called The Body is Not an Apology. So she's talking about body image mm -hmm. which is a big thing and not just with women and non-binary people but also with men. Absolutely. And then also um, a, a dear uh, friend of mine um, who's also going to be opening, well, the opening speaker to her is Rachel Rogers. Um, she owns, uh, well, she actually has a podcast, and, but she basically runs a company um, called The Million Dollar, Biz uh, Million Dollar Badass. It's basically for 
um, women entrepreneurs, especially women of color, um, how to basically like take to scale your like business. But she also talks a lot about like a lot of social impact and, and stuff. So okay. I'm excited that she'll be on main stage with What's Sonya. her podcast name? Um, it's called Million Dollar Badass. Oh, nice. And what's yeah. Sonia's Instagram handle? Handle. I think it's so Sonia Renee Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think awesome. it's, it's her name. So check these guys out. One of, I mean, obviously, I think Universe Speaks and, you know, the right people come in the world, into your world, I think, at the right time. Um, but what I love about uh, Chelsea and Sarah is I think they came with something. They, they wanted to see change in a certain capacity. And, and instead of, like, a lot of us, we kind of we sit around, we talk about it with our friends, our family, our dogs. Um, you know, they took action. And I think it's really hard to – particularly we're at in our political space to be like okay i see all this i want to change something i know it doesn't fit with me but what do i do um you know they took the leap and started a conference and now we're three they are three years in which is crazy to me it's that time's gone by but you know it was they did something about it and i I think when you can look at something like damn this is so overwhelming i don't really know how we evoke change in this you know this landscape there's Mm -hmm. so many obstacles you know, if you've got five people or 10 or 200 or 1,000 that are coming to this conference, uh, you know, hearing messages from different community leaders, but more importantly, like, connecting. Like, that larger community comes together, and I think that's where impact for the greater good on the long term really happens, mm-hmm. and connecting these multifaceted humans, multifaceted humans, regardless of how they identify on the outside. Again, that heart space is so similar. Um, I really do think that's where, like, real change happens. Um, on the literal level, you know, now that we are at politics and as you guys are movers and shakers and, you know, bold ones to start a movement, what do you suggest as someone like myself or, you know, not new to politics, but I've kind of avoided it until this point, but now I care more than ever because I see some of the issues on the board that really, (laughs) um, Chelsea just pushed the mic towards Sarah, uh, that really do impact our lives. And I don't think we talked about this earlier, like it's generational, like this might have impacted, not have impacted our parents generation but it does now because the world's a different place as we're new to this and it's such an important election year what do you suggest as far as not getting too swept into it but also knowing enough when to pay attention or what are what are some right steps to like get in and make sure we're making an educated vote loaded question i mean this is just like my philosophy on this but i think first people know like when you're diving into an election year you can get really overwhelmed with all of the negativity. Even people who are really like close have very similar platforms are pitting against each other. And hearing that and seeing that and watching it every day and reading about it, it's easy to feel like really down about everything. And so I think the first thing to do is to know like what you care about. You know, first think about like what matters to you. If like a certain policy were created or taken away that would change the way that you live, like what, how does that impact you and why does that impact you? And which of these political candidates like speak about that? And then if everything seems to be going like peachy for you and it's all rosy and rainbows, then maybe there are things like, you know, that, that's a sign that there's, you're probably a privileged person and that was me before I came out as like a white middle income person. Um, then I think you, you reach out to your networks, you know, what are people, what do your friends care about? And like, what are the things that you can do to help support those communities? Mm -hmm. And I think there are some more credible media outlets than others. And like the economist and the wall street journal and the New Yorker are probably three of the least biased, most middle ground news sources where you could read articles about that. I think 
Facebook is probably the most vile, um, <laughs> like inappropriate thing to like judge your your vote. I think votes are important. I know there's a camp of people who think voting doesn't matter, and I think voting apathy is really sad. Yeah. I think that I wouldn't look at Facebook posts by friends or Facebook posts by sources that are targeting you through ads. I would actually go out there first, think about what you care about. And then find that those important things in these less biased news sources that are highly analytical and hard to read, but important. And I think that there's there's a thousand issues that we could all care about. And I think as people, we don't have the time nor the capacity, like actual human brain capacity, unless we're like ultimate geniuses, but most of us are pretty average. I don't think we have the ability to do and care about everything because we all need a certain amount of hours of sleep and we all need some self-care time and so i think picking the things that you care the most about and focusing on those and knowing that there's other people who are going to care about other issues that you're not focusing on and then if there isn't anything that you feel like oh i'm just not like i don't really feel that strongly about something else then pick some of the people in your community who you care about but maybe they're being marginalized because of policies or laws that are enacting and I think race is a huge topic yeah. and incarceration and immigration. And those are some major things that I think outside of, yeah, one's personal world, like those are things that, um, and those are things that I personally care about. So those might not be things that everybody else cares about. Right. Well, I mean, I think for me, for someone like Leanne asking specifically, because I, you know, it is, it's so overwhelming to know how much change that we really do need and then how much we need how fast we need to have it. I mean, it's just such a massive conversation with really, really important, heavy issues um, that really change all of our realities at this point, whether people are awake and paying attention or not. Like, we will see it at some point, whether it's insurance or abortion or immigration or whatever. Um, these are really big issues that will change the way we live the next, you know, four years to 30 years to whatever. Um, uh, but I do think it's just, in general, a, a positive practice to pay attention to what's going on around mm. us with the... Uh, addition of a filter of knowing when it's too much and when to know the world isn't maybe as jaded as you think. Um, Chelsea and I were just talking about the great hack. If you haven't watched it on Netflix, I think you need to because as someone that does, you know, consumer marketing and branding and specializing aligning key voices, which is essentially influencer marketing, um, it's all kind of child's play when you when you watch this documentary and you see how much data points are stored on all of us um, because of our use via the internet and what they know about us and how they can strategically uh, infiltrate our world and, and, you know, propaganda us accordingly. And it, and, uh, and honestly, I speak from a space of not to hate it because this is where we're at. And I, I actually think the Internet is positive. And, of course, there's some a major dark side to it. But as humans, as consumers, I think there's a real power in knowledge and awareness knowing that, uh, yep, we're being monetized. Our information is. And, and the way we vote, the way we spend our money, um, the way we live our lives really matters. And if you don't know that these things are happening, you are – you're really not even a victim to the game. You're just – I think you're living blindly and that can be costly to you and your neighbor and, and your kids and everything else. So I think it's just a, it, it, whether you're into politics or not, which I'm really not, I think it's a positive message to know that we all kind of need to wake up and see what's really going on, love it or hate it, but what's real in our world right now and how much people are paying attention and how similar and how much we do care about each other. You know, you see, sh you see these mass tragedies and you, you see an outpour of love. Like, you do see a positive from such a dark negative that you forget about race and gender and sexual orientation, and, and that's just your neighbor, and you help them in whatever it is. So 
I don't know. I, I just welcome people to embrace the practice, whether it's politics or starting a business or what have you, of um, gaining knowledge and gaining awareness and, you know, being kinder to one another. Cliches yeah. all day. <laughs> um, so on that note, we've got Be Golden. You can expect it's uh, October 3rd and 4th? 3rd, 4th, 5th. 3rd, 4th, 5th. So beginning of October, um, year three, they've got massive workshops. You have two business rock stars. They've been in the game for a minute. Two solid, solid human beings. And that's why I think they're attracting such great people because they are just like oh. the founders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's from someone that's been to a lot of conferences, I, I really enjoy this one every year because it is such great people. You Now in year three, you get to see some familiar faces, um, really great messages. I think you walk away with a little more hope in the world. Again, we, we, call it, we kind of all show up thinking we're all so different and you talk to everybody and nobody's really that different. Yeah. Our experiences 100% are, um, but again, that really simple like heart space is, is very similar. So I encourage you if you're on you know women's empowerment or you're looking to further understand LGBTQ, people of color, experience, um, roles, gender equality, all of these heavy topics that are really, you know, infiltrating society. This is a good place and a welcoming place to show up, learn, speak, whatever side you're on. Um, it's a good place to be. So I give it my very warm endorsement. Um, (laughs) but thank you guys for being here. I champion you. Absolutely. I champion you in what you guys have coming up. I can't wait to see, th- you know, this, the event this year, but in, like, the next five years. I know, um, right? Yes. I had Chloe and Sarah, which I kind of met through them, through you guys. I met yes. Oh, Sarah yeah. You. Sarah McInerney and Chloe Ye- Barnes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they were, we did another cast. and That's, I, like, what I was saying. That's, like, the magic of yes. Golden is, like, those connections. I told Chloe she has to run for president, so this is on Chloe, two casts now. Chloe is amazing. Yeah. Um, I told her she had to do that or do CrossFit, so I think she's, <laughs> she's pretty anti-CrossFit. So I think we're leaning towards that. But – um, it, it's really great that, yeah, the relationships and the friendships and the business opportunity and, I don't know, just further invoking this wave of change across the board has been really powerful. So I attribute a lot to these two, and I'm really excited to see what they have next. Please check out them out. Um, give a shout-out to your Instagram handles and Be Golden. Give us all the info where we can find you. So, yeah, everything's pretty much be golden, stay golden. And, com, and then I think it's uh, be golden dot stay golden on Instagram. So mm-hmm. if you hit the website, you can definitely get all of social handles these all the days. handles all, all the kids uh and if you guys want to give out personal igs or um blue lines instagram any other info you want people to find you at um sure so my my creative agency is blue lines um the instagram is this is blue line and my personal is um hey rucho like what's like up woo. <laughs> <laughs> Two <O's>. um. <laughs> And I don't have a business Instagram. I'm a realtor, actually. I didn't even mention that, but oh, I don't have I an Instagram. Um, but my personal Instagram is sperfett, S-P-E-R-F-E-T-T. So if you need some creative or you need to buy a house or you want to come <laughs> yeah. to be golden and holler at your girls, find them somewhere. Uh, they'll be making some noise. But thank you for being here. I genuinely yeah. appreciate the time and energy. Thank you for what you're doing for our world. Um, we need about 10,000 more of you guys, of yeah. us. Um, but it's awesome to, you know, this podcast is all about graceful disruption, and you guys are not only doing that, you're really putting it on a massive stage. So applaud, applause all the way around. Um, Thank you. You're a badass. Yay. Yeah. We Thanks try. for having we us. Try. Yes. Um, and I would love to do another podcast in, let's say, maybe after the event, and we yeah, talk about some things. Totally. So it's reoccurring. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. But thank you for being here. 
we'll wrap up here. Please look for them and what they're doing. And if nothing else, even if you can't attend the event, just check out and see what they're doing. The speakers, that, I mean, I love that it's not usually like an Oprah or something crazy. They're kind of rising stars that yeah. they're known and they've got powerful messages, but they're absolutely on the rise and, and making some noise. So with that, thank you. And we will chat soon. Adios. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.